Uh, at one point, I had asked her to simply sign the acknowledgement of paternity. She wasn't even willing to do that. Really? She was fully acknowledging I was the father, but she wouldn't tell the court. She kept denying that I was the father. So I said, at least sign this document because it doesn't give me any custody rights. You don't have to worry about that. You're not signing him away. Just admit that I'm the father and we'll go from there. And she would not do that except if I did one thing. She insisted that my roommate, a female roommate of mine who she was jealous of, my ex requested that I kill her and show her her bleeding heart. So I thought you were going to say, have her move out. Welcome to Why Daddy Never Cries podcast with your host, Chuck Kelleher. At Why Daddy Never Cries, we'll explore the lives surrounding daddies, their children, divorce, and silent domestic violence. We'll hear real-life horror stories from unsung heroes fighting for the ability to stay in their children's lives. We'll get those voices heard and hopefully find solutions before you lunatics burn the whole place to the ground. Hang in there, daddies. Chuck's here. Chuck Kelleher and Why Daddy Never Cries are providing his podcast as a public service. I've known Chuck for 45 years, and he's neither a lawyer nor a mental health professional. He's not a doctor nor a rogue scholar by any stretch of the imagination. Chuck is simply a guy who's lived in hell for 20 years. Once he found a way out, he drew a map to help others navigate their own way home. The views and opinions expressed by Why Daddy Never Cries, employees, or our guests are their own. Guest appearance on the program do not imply an endorsement of them, their opinions, or any entity they represent. And please, for the love of God, if you have any questions or fears about your unique circumstances, please contact a lawyer, a religious leader of your choice, or a medical professional in your area. Don't fuck this up, brothers, because we're all in this together. We'd like to thank our sponsor, Voss G2, for helping small and medium-sized businesses elevate their brand perception with design. Take your brand to the next level at VossG2.com. We'd also like to thank Harry Duran and his team at Fullcast for their amazing assistance. If you're planning a podcast and you haven't contacted Fullcast, you might as well call your show Podfade. First and foremost, I want to tell everybody out there, this is a tough time of year. It's the holiday season. None of us want to be without our family. We especially don't want to be without our children. Don't put the burden on your children by doing anything stupid this year, gentlemen. This is a hard time for a lot of guys, and we come up with some less than ideal solutions. Let's focus on our kids. They're going to need us next year. They're going to need us the year after that. They're going to need us for the rest of ours and their lives, because that's what daddies do. Today we're talking with David, a man who's been battling, not his ex-wife, not his ex-girlfriend, but the United Kingdom. The actual government has possession of his child. This is an ally of the United States. This is an American-born child, born to American parents, who was removed from his mother's care due to neglect. And the UK still, three plus years later, refused to give the child back to his dad, who lives in America. I don't even know what to tell you. Let's get into it. David, welcome to the Why Daddy Never Cries podcast. How you doing, brother? Uh, doing okay. Good to be here. Where are you calling home these days? Uh, I am currently in Los Angeles, California. Not in the city because it's god awful. <laughs> yeah. But I'm I'm up in the valley, closer to the mountains. Okay. Yeah, tolerable. Still the same traffic. Not as bad as it was, but it's it's bad. But fortunately, over here, I pretty much avoid the uh, throughway, so I'm not on the ten or the one hundred one. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, between here, uh, New York, D.C., and uh, L.A., I'm not quite sure who's got the worst traffic because the D.C. Beltway is horrible 24-7. L.A., three times I've been out there, not fun. I think Los Angeles has pockets where it's okay. Okay. Whereas New York City, is that doesn't exist. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> from, from my experience, yeah. 
there's no point. Anytime I went to the city to visit when I lived in upstate New York, I would take the train down because there's just no point driving. So what got you into the mess? First of all, where where did we meet the former love of your life? <laughs> I first met that uh, lovely woman in 2015. We met on OkCupid. Okay. Dating website. I'd had good luck with it before. Not this time. It canceled your membership? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And it was, what's interesting is I actually uh, had just been looking up old conversations before I delete because it was still up. I still had an account, but I wasn't using it. Mm-hmm. And I went back and I looked at early conversations I had with this chick. And one of the first things she said was, I'm pretty sure we're either going to end up married or killing each other. I don't know which. Wow. And I was like, that's considering uh, what we'll be discussing. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> the irony is very clear. <laughs> it was amazing. At the time, you're like, that's hot. They're like, no, not so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's initially, it's like, oh, crazy chick. Great. You know, they just immediately go, oh, well, the sex is going to be good. <laughs> she's got a few... Uh, a few Sense of humor. She's fun to be with. Yeah, yeah. It could be anything. Yeah, maybe maybe she's okay. But we never think crazy. And we got to start thinking crazy, gentlemen, because when the signs are on the wall... Yeah, and they were. Yeah. All right, so let's see. Walk us through what happened. You got, you met her, you, you decided to get... Did you get married or you just went for the baby? No, uh, yeah, just went for the baby. We we actually, we didn't, we barely actually dated. Oh, okay. I barely dated this chick. She was kind of like the in-between people I was dating. Mm-hmm. She was that obsessive stalker type, um, would call employers, friends, family, anybody I dated, wouldn't leave me alone. She was hot. Yeah. So then when I was single, I thought, well, what's the worst thing than having someone obsessed with you? It's like, whatever you want to do, I'll do it. That's enticing. So <laughs> I was like... Especially when you're single, yeah. Yeah, so I thought, well, all right, give it a shot. What's the worst that could happen? And that's kind of how things went periodically for almost five years. We never actually dated. Like, we were not an official couple at any point. Kind of like fool around friends, quote unquote, that are friends with benefits. Yeah. Yeah, Those are good when they're good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I was thinking of all the times my friends told me, how good was it, Chuck? Yeah. Right, Chuck? I used to make fun of them all the time, how great things were, and then... The last 15 years, like, was it worth it? But we have our kids. So let's get into that. Yeah. Keanu, how old is your boy? Uh, he's uh, four now. He just turned four uh, late last month on the 17th. I haven't had any visits with him since October 6th, which were technically cut off by the aunt that they, the UK seeks to place him with. Okay. But he is still in the UK in term foster care system. So it's really their call, but they're just hiding behind the aunt. Yeah. Because they know it's kind of illegal. I guess to put in perspective for the audience, why don't you talk about the day your son was born? Yeah, the day uh, my son was born, November 17th, 2019. I was in Los Angeles. I was originally going to fly to Denver, Colorado um, for the birth. His mother had actually purchased the flight um, and I had the ticket and she canceled it last minute. And of course, there wasn't enough time for me to drive there. So I watched him being born over FaceTime. <laughs> Did she tell you why she canceled it? I, I can only presume... It's because I mentioned to her that I wanted to be there for my son, mm-hmm. not for her. <laughs> Lesson learned. And of course, it's always about her. So that was the wrong thing to say. But it did also reveal why she wanted me there. Yeah. She just wanted someone's hand to hold. And that was it. She didn't care that you know the son's father would be there. It, that didn't come into play. Just insert hand here. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw him born over FaceTime and I immediately just thunderstruck, just like, oh my this is it. This is everything. Mm-hmm. This is what life is about. This is the moment where there's purpose. Yeah. And, you know, someday I'll explain to my son that just simply by being born, he literally saved my life. I'd had fairly persistent suicidal ideation at the time. 
Oof. Off and on, not as bad as it once had been, but it was persistent. Okay. And it didn't seem to be going away <laughs> by any means. Him being born gave me purpose. 100%. I do believe that saved me because now I don't have to stay alive for myself. It's I have to be alive for him. I think that's one of the things that keeps most of us going. The guys who don't uh, who don't take that leap because they are, they're not around their kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I will survive for another day. <laughs> All right. So you, your son's born and... She didn't tell you where the hospital was. Yeah, she would not tell me where the hospital was, but was kept saying, like, why aren't you here to sign the paper? Are you here to sign the papers, birth certificate, all of that? <laughs> I said, well, I, I'll happily be there. Just tell me the address. And she said, but you know the address. I said, I don't. But if you did previously tell me and I forgot, just tell me again. What's the harm? And uh, she wouldn't do that. He's got all this recorded. I've seen the video where he said this to her. <laughs> Basically, you're almost... Beg- I don't want to say begging, but saying, tell me where you are and I'll come to you. Yeah, yeah. And she just found reasons to tell you why you haven't been a part of this boy's life in the three hours he's been alive or three days. Yep. I think it was two days after he was born that I had a recorded conversation with her. And she was saying things like, oh, you're, you, you haven't been here for him. <laughs> I'm like, I'm trying to be. You're not allowing it. She also said that she'd given herself a deadline that apparently I had to agree to be in his life prior to him being born. And then if I changed my mind after, she wouldn't accept that. You had a plane ticket to Denver. She purchased. That she purchased. <laughs> but that didn't make any sense either because I never said I didn't want to be part of his life ever. That is an interesting twist. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that was a, an example of her just being controlling. Because if I did show up there, she wanted to make sure it was on her terms. She controls the flight. She controls everything. That's what she wanted. We are definitely finding out in these false allegation worlds that they talk about us with coercive control, but this whole divorce proceeding is just about coercive control. All right, so (laughs) Keanu's born, she's in Denver, you're in LA, what happened? A horrific period of about six or so months go by of me trying to negotiate, just trying to see my son. She says that I can come by to see him, but that she'll have her gun ready. I'm like, okay, so if I show up and knock on the door, are you just going to shoot me? Um, She also had called the local police to try to report me ahead of time. So they were on high alert. Right. Of course, she just made up nonsense saying I was going to try to abduct him. (laughs) Yeah. Which, of course, will be ironic later. Also, the projection is unbelievable. Uh, At one point, I had asked her to simply sign the acknowledgement of paternity. She wasn't even willing to do that. Really? She was fully acknowledging I was the father, but she wouldn't tell the court. She kept denying that I was the father. So I said, at least sign this document because it doesn't give me any custody rights. You don't have to worry about that. You're not signing him away. Just admit that I'm the father and we'll go from there. And she would not do that, except if I did one thing. She insisted that my roommate, a female roommate of mine who she was jealous of, Casey Connolly, she won't mind me using her name. (laughs) Okay. My ex requested that I kill her and show her her bleeding heart. So I thought you were going to say, have her move out. (laughs) No. No, no, no. That would be too, um, that would be normal crazy. That'd be normal controlling. Uh, this is a homicidal maniac. Right. After you produce the bleeding heart. <laughs> what was amazing is that she, she actually said, um, she added, I'm serious. Like, I really mean this. And then a couple texts later, she said, actually, I don't really mean it. Too late. Yeah. But then when that came up in court in the UK and I cited that example, they focused on her taking it back. Oh, of course, because she was just kidding. Yeah. yeah it's not alarming when someone specifies a mode of death. <laughs> No, no, I did not expect that. And I've heard a lot of things over the yeah. years. But the reason it was also specifically her was because I originally had filled out the acknowledgement of paternity. Casey was my witness signature. 
Okay. And I sent the documents to her and she was like, how could you put that whore's name? And I was like, it's not like if her name is going on his birth certificate or something like this is just a witness signature. It's nothing. Yeah. And that was enough. That was enough for her to say, no, forget it. You're not taking this serious. Jesus Christ. Like, yes, I am. I've actually wasted my time trying to negotiate for six months. That's pretty serious. Yeah. So then at that point, I just filed both for paternity, since that was unconfirmed by her, and custody. Okay. And so you went and you got a paternity test the day before, sir, or she just said, sure, I'll do it? She still refused. She told the judge I wasn't the father. She lied under oath. Hmm. I had tons of documentation of her referring to me as the father. There's even a video of me with my son where she says, uh, say, hi, daddy. Well, look, he has your eyes. Right. Oh, but he's not yours. Yeah. There she is going to court saying, no, it's not your kid. She never to this day has admitted it, which is stunning. It's funny. My ex won't say our daughters either. It's always them by their names. Yeah. We only got paternity based on all the texts and emails that she'd sent referring to me as the father. Not a DNA test because she refused to do that. And she was court ordered to do it. Okay. The custody case was in Oklahoma. That's where she lived. And unfortunately, it was just after she was ordered to do it that she decided to flee the state and live with my son at one and a half years old at that point in a car. In the middle of winter, it was from December 2020 through March, mid-March of 2021, she was living in a car with him. Briefly in California, interestingly, she was actually in Los Angeles. And then she headed up north and had experience a Washington winter living in a car. Oh, why would you go that way in March? Don't know. But she did record herself while doing this as though she was making a documentary about her, this horrible trauma she's experiencing. Nice. Is it on YouTube? It was. She had put it up there. It's on her TikTok. No shit. She like cuts her hair, showing that she has to hide her identity. She needs to change our son's name so they can disappear. No shit. And that's because of the perjury and the uh, failure to follow a court order, right? They're after? No, wait, no, they don't don't really do that, do they? No, yeah, yeah, no, they don't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't care at all. Yeah. Um, in fact, early in the custody battle, a mutual friend of ours, she had admitted to this friend that she was going to leave the country. Okay. Her son. Wow. And that friend came to me and said, hey, I know she's going to leave the country. She's talking about it. She's specifying specific countries. And I said, are you willing to go on record? And she said, yeah. Okay. And we got an affidavit together. We submitted it to the judge. We need her at least to block her from leaving the country so she can't get a passport. Absolutely. Uh, the judge refused. Really? Never gave a reason. Wouldn't have a hearing. Just rejected the order. Oh. Um, all she said was, she's not going to leave the state. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Let's see how that goes. She's going to leave. And has this judge been contacted about her brilliant call? Yeah, it was just after we knew she was 100% out of the country. The next day, the judge made it official, okay, you have paternity, but still waited another four months to give me the emergency custody order. And that was on August 3rd, 2021. Yeah. Four months. So she waited that long. So all that time, I knew my ex had fled the country with my son. I had no idea literally where in the world she went. And I couldn't do anything about it because the police refused to do anything if I didn't have any custody rights or anything. Makes sense. You're just some guy looking for a, a woman and her child. Yep. All right. So then now you have a court order from the U.S. declaring emergency custody. This is an emergency to get that child into your hands. So. Yep. And specifically on the basis that her own mother testified that she was concerned her daughter was going to kill herself and our son. It was an extreme jeopardy situation. Okay. This was admitted to to the guardian ad litem, Steve Holden in Oklahoma City. And I immediately got that emergency custody order and also a right of assistance. Oh, wow. Which required that law enforcement apply force if necessary. Okay. Like find the kid, take him from that woman and give him back to his father, period. And it, it is specified in the, the wording. It said by any means necessary. So it was a very aggressive order. Unfortunately, it was far too late. 
a lot of judges don't like getting an egg on their face. Ah, she'll be fine. She's not going to leave. Well, now she's gone. And what are we, three years later? Yeah. All right. So how did you find out where she went? Initially, we got a warrant issued in Los Angeles for... Okay. They couldn't go with child abduction. They felt that they couldn't quite go with that term, but they went with child concealment, which was still a felony. So that warrant was issued. And over in the UK, where she had taken my son, he had been removed from her in July 2021 for neglect and abuse, Jesus, um, which included there was a burn on his leg, apparently from a hot kettle. Don't know how that happens. No, that's not an accident. No. And if it was, it was some extreme negligence. But it's like, why do you have a shouldn't a kettle be on a counter? Like, why would it be on the ground? He's only crawling. He's barely. Right. It's not even reaching up for stuff. Yeah. Oh. Like, this doesn't make sense. All right. Um, all his teeth were rotted, decayed, or damaged, some broken. Because And they asked him, or asked her, how often are you brushing his teeth? She said, never. And they said, well, why not? She said, well, he doesn't like it. Neither do I. I still got my teeth. Yeah. The big thing that she did was basically not feed him. That's horrible. And I can't know to what extent. Oh, brother. But all I do know is that he was hooked up to an IV drip for nutrients. Because he was so weak, he couldn't chew food. Too weak to eat food. And he was one and a half at the time? Yeah. Two? No, at that point, he was uh, two. Two. Almost two and a half. Yeah. He couldn't use his mouth to chew. Now, Keanu was removed from your now ex, or whatever the hell you want to call her, his mother, a month before you were given the emergency petition for custody. Yeah. Because the judge took four months to offer that. Yeah. So within that time that you were allotted paternity, the child was burned, Yep. didn't have his teeth brushed, Yeah. and was malnutrition to the point he needed an IV yep. to survive. Yeah. He very well could have died because of the negligence of the system. So as soon as England found out that there's a great dad back in America waiting to have his son back, I mean, they put him on a plane and flew him out, right? No, Chuck, I wouldn't be on your show if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been exactly what happened. Yeah. Initially, when he was put in the foster care system, interim foster care in the UK, that's when the US embassy was notified in London. And then they contacted the US State Department. They contacted the LAPD because of the warrant. And they called me and they said, we found him. He's in the UK. Right. Okay. So the fact he was abducted actually helped you find him. Oh, yeah. You're, you're right, though. Because if she had actually been a good and responsible mother, I don't know how I would have found him. He was anywhere in the world. I had no idea. She had to screw up. And of course, she did immediately. Yeah. Because that's, that's what she does. <laughs> Is she bilingual? <laughs> no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it really limits, really limits where she's going. Yeah. Um, initially, she had gone, I believe she went to Sweden or Norway. She initially was going somewhere else. They even had me filling out the Hague application for a different country and then realized, oh, wait, no, she's actually in the UK. So there was some confusion. Okay. Yeah. I think she flew to a different country and then ended up taking a train or drove or something into the UK. And that's what threw them off. Oh, that would make sense. They could trace her passport where at least she left this country and went. All right. Not not too stupid. No, no. She is intelligent. She's got a lot of issues and has definitely made some horrific <laughs> decisions, but she is hyper intelligent, which makes her all the more dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. David, before Christine left, I saw something about Bellingham in the police department, and I love how you phrased what she was doing. Ah, uh, yes. Did you get into that a little bit? Yeah. Shortly before she fled the US, she was in Bellingham, Washington. And the police had gone to her place to issue a restraining order for a completely unrelated matter from a completely different person. And they try to serve this warrant and she won't answer the door. Eventually, she ends up talking to them. And I talk to the police there and they end up writing up a report that finds that she is utterly delusional. She tries to sell them a story that I'm trying to, that I'm threatening her, that I'm trying to kill her, that I want to kill my son. And they investigate 
and they conclude that she is, quote, shopping for a cop. Shopping for a cop. That she was, in fact, calling multiple police agencies, trying to pin me for a crime that there was no evidence for. And luckily, they recognize that because not all cops would recognize that. No. Some just run with it. They're going to see a pretty face and want to be a hero. Sure. But these cops in Bellingham did their job. Good for them, man. That's good to hear. Yeah. So then, of course, she makes the same accusations in the UK, <laughs> and they take everything serious. And they embrace it with open arms. Yeah. They're like, oh, she's she's got to be right. She's got breasts. She can't be lying. No. no. Which, if you've followed the show, the UK is difficult when it comes to male-female bias, I guess. <laughs> A little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or as I like to say, it's uh, believe all women, doubt all men. That sounds about right. That's pretty much the policy over there. Having dealt with the false allegations and back and forth with the UK and the US, I'm glad to be an American. I will be the first to say that we have our issues, but that right to a speedy trial, I think ever since I heard about it, is second to none because these guys wait so long just to get their day in court. And here you've had your day in court. You have custody of your child legally. Yep. After spending $20,000. $20,000. $20,000. Because also the case kept getting delayed because she would fire her lawyer and then show up and say, oh, I oh, I need a lawyer. Yep. She'd get more time to get a new lawyer. And then she'd say, oh, I don't trust that lawyer or, or oh, I'm sick. Oh, I have COVID. This was mostly 2020. Mm -hmm. So she just made up every possible thing to delay the case, which was really just biding time to flee the country. That's what it was. Your name wasn't on the birth certificate or it was? Uh, initially, it was not. Yeah. Uh, one of the first things I did once I had um, both paternity and the custody order, I made sure I was on that birth certificate. Absolutely. Um, and I was on there within a week or two, and I sent that over to the UK. So at the very start of the UK's case, they did have all the information. They knew, yes, he is the father. Okay. But then they didn't believe it. The UK still denied that I was the father unless they did their own DNA test. And I was like, oh, I mean, we can do that. How do we do that? Okay. So they had me go to a place in Los Angeles to get the DNA sample, the hair sample, and mailed that. And mail it. To the UK for them to do the test. Mm -hmm. Like we couldn't do the test here and just send them the results. But, um, and then they went, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, he's, he's your son. Okay. So the actual DNA test came back. So it's 100% your son. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of December, 2021, the UK recognized I was the father. Okay. It's a shitty four months, but it's four months. So then Keanu came home. No. No. And it's still still not home. <laughs> Did we get any U.S. social workers involved or anybody on this side to help you get your son back? Amazingly, no social workers whatsoever were involved in the U.S. Hmm. None at all. The only people in the U.S. that got involved was child services in Los Angeles. And they had some come over to inspect my vehicle and home, make sure it was suitable and safe for a child. It was on by request of the U.K. Say, so were you trying to pin your vehicle off as a second home? trying. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, the Los Angeles Child Services gave a green light, checked off every box, and they said, yeah, everything's suitable. Everything's fine. Yeah. UK also, also requested a background check. Background check for just any any possible criminality of any kind. They wanted a background check, the DNA test. They wanted a copy of my tax history because baby mama said that I was a tax evader and owed a lot of money. So they took that serious. Whatever she said was taken serious. What business is it of the UK government to give a rat's ass if the US government's collecting its taxes from you? I have no idea. All I can think of is that they wanted to delay this case as long as they could because there was profit to be made. I want to get into that. So what is this concept of forced adoption? Ah, uh, yes. Forced adoption, in my view, is perhaps the most buried scandal in the world right now. Wow. This is a policy that definitely is going on in the UK, but other countries are involved. And what they do, and there's a lot of articles on it, a lot of people just don't know about it, is they remove children from their parents and are financially incentivized 
to place them with new parents. And they call it a forced adoption because the original parents aren't approving of it. Hmm. And it was something like 94% of these cases where this has happened. Uh, the explanation for it is unknown. 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 We took the kid from the parent for an unknown reason. Like, why did they do this? What was was the parent, you know, a hardcore drug addict? Were they abusive? Was it like, what was the cause? Right. 94% of cases, this isn't known. And it's very possible the UK government knows, but they're not disclosing anything. And this is strictly over there, over here, worldwide. It's over there. But where it applies worldwide is that sometimes they place these kids in other countries. Huh. And there's stories cropping up now that there's like a kid in Canada who was searching for their birth parents. And they were in the UK and they were searching for their kid. And the kid had been told that they were abandoned by their birth parents. Jesus. Um, but the UK right now is admitting that this happened in, I believe it was primarily the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Okay. They're admitting to a couple hundred thousand cases of this. Hundred thousand. Yeah. Do we know how much they made per kid? I don't know at that time, but I know that the Coventry City Council specifically, they get a 40,000 pound bonus for a forced adoption placement. Really? And that goes to the agency? I'm not sure who actually gets to pocket that money. Yeah. But presumably it's the city council because they're the ones, the, the local authority, they're the ones you know, operating all these cases. They're the naysayers. They're the ones that were blocking me from having my kid back. So they're still doing it. They're admitting this scandal has happened for decades, but they're acting like it's old news. It's an old horror that's just resurfacing and they're admitting to this horrible crime of the past. We know we used to do this. We don't do it anymore type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were wrong, but I mean, we've changed. I mean, there's an article even on the, the Guardian opinion piece uh, someone wrote in the titled Forced Adoptions Are Still Happening. It is still happening. And it's happening to my kid right now, an American, not even one of their own citizens. Right. It's unbelievable the sheer balls that they have thinking that they can get away with this, especially since they're not placing him in, in their own country or another country. They want to place him with another family in the United States where I already have a custody order. I wish you could see his face, ladies and gentlemen, because it looks just like mine. Like, what the fuck? You couldn't make it up. I write for a living. I couldn't have made this up, especially the bleeding heart. <laughs> No, because it, it should make at least some kind of sense somewhere from some angle. Yeah. But there isn't one. And they've never accused me of any neglect or abuse. Nothing. They've even praised the relationship. They've acknowledged across the board consistently. I've had so many contact visits, almost all of them remote. Right. And they record it and take all these notes. And they're kind of disturbing to read because they're very um, they're very methodical. You know, there's not a whole lot of heart. Yeah. It's like, oh, the father kissed his son when he walked into the room. His son didn't kiss him back right away, but then did. Like things like that. And it's like, what, are you, what is this? But then did. It's just ridiculous nonsense. But the, the reports were positive. Okay. And they never accused me of a damn thing at any point. They still haven't. That's what I cannot understand. I'm speechless, which happens often, but usually I'm tripping over my own tongue, not just actually like, it's been a while, so you're taking a lot calmer than I would, but I'm hearing about it for the first time. I'm sure there were times that this pushed you over the edge. Yeah. We're not done with this fight yet. No. But how'd you make it this far? Well, I got this far because I honestly didn't think this would be the result. I thought if it comes down to me or his mother, it will be me. And that's primarily because of uh, September 2022. Um, she was permitted to have an in-person visit with him. Okay. And there was a hearing prior to that, about a month before, to discuss whether or not she should be able to see him. Yeah. Because uh, she'd proven herself to already be dangerous, unhinged. She had been diagnosed with psychosis. Oh, wow. Okay. By a UK court-appointed psychiatrist. It was like pretty clear that there's problems. Not a good idea. He's three years old. You know, he's three years old and you're going to 
put him in the same room with this woman that abused him yep. before. And I told uh, Justice Levin, I told her, I said, I don't know why we're going to play Russian roulette here. Because even the Coventry City Council, the local authority had said, well, maybe we could have recorded audio from the mother to give to him. And then remote visits and kind of work up to it. Yeah, like they're doing with you. Yeah. And every other dad over there who can't see his kid for freaking years. Yeah. And of course, you know, she abused him. I didn't. Yeah. So it was like, at least treat her the way you did me. Of course, that didn't happen. And Justice Levin said, I believe that it can be handled by a contact supervisor. And you know what? They could have had an in-person reunion if you had multiple security people in the room. Right. Like actual large men with muscles that could do something. Instead, they just had a substitute foster carer that day and a female supervisor. And uh, David's not putting down a female's ability to stop something. However, I've seen this video as well. Yeah. What happened at that visit, David? Ah, well, uh, fortunately, it was all caught on uh, CCTV. His mother scooped him up and left the building. And according to the timestamp, she did that in exactly one minute. From showing up. One minute to go into the visit and exit with him. Mm. So security was not even there. I'll never have as many visits to the show notes, but all the links to these videos will be in the show notes. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah. All right, folks, you want to see these videos that we're talking about today? They'll all be in the show notes. And yeah, get ready for some holy shit. Yeah. There's a full-time job for you, huh? I've got over a terabyte of, of documents, whether it's video or just court docs. I mean, the, the case in the UK was over 8,000 pages Jesus. in the case file. And a lot of it just pointless. There's just irrelevant nonsense, but they just pad it. So it's become so confusing that certain key details get lost conveniently. I tell you, I really thought this was going to be a US show. I can't believe <laughs> this is worldwide right now. And for what, five and a half months that it's been up? Crazy. And the cases just don't end. They just keep going. One thing that we've seen, and again, this is barely a half year old show, the people who tend to be guilty of actual physical altercations or even mental altercations with their spouse, it seems to be 50-50. Like they're getting hit back. They're hitting. They're getting hit back. They're screaming and yelling. They're getting yelled back. It's not like it's one-sided. Yeah, no, not at all. I think it very rarely is. And those are the guys who aren't even part of the falsely accused network because they actually did hit back. And it's so rampant that we've just opened up uh, this week. We started falsely accused network North America with the US and Canada. I could see a falsely accused network starting in New Zealand and Australia soon. Yep. Because it's just ridiculous, the silver bullet, this. It seems to be that if one country's getting away with it, then it becomes popularized in other countries. They, they're modeling after, uh, after the one before. Well, one of the saving graces is a lot of the world will model after U.S. culture. Mm -hmm. So once we change this here, hopefully it'll start changing around the world because it is ridiculous in some of these other places. Cross our fingers. Yeah. First things first, let's get our boy home. Yeah. It's crazy. This is one of those documents that I referred to. It's, it's important to the abduction because it's their actual notes that they knew it was going to happen. It wasn't just me telling them. They knew in the UK. They knew she was going to try to abduct him and then gave him the visit. They 100% knew. And I have the notes from their own file. And so Justice Levin, against all advice uh, and reason, allowed my son's mother to resume in-person contact with uh, the child she had abused and nearly starved to death. Mm -hmm. and who had been diagnosed with psychosis. And then she was able to get out of the building in one minute. He assaulted the foster care and the contact supervisor uh, outside, assaulted both. And what they did was the um, substitute foster care got my son out of her arms and then fell to the ground and covered him. Oh. So she was using her body as a shield while my ex jumped on top of her and started beating her. And when the supervisor tried to stop her, baby mama lost her mind. Uh, Christine lost her mind, punched her more than once in the face. 
ripped out her hair, all of it on video, and my son underneath this pile of people. Thank God for the uh, interim foster care mom. Yeah. I mean, she did everything she could. Yeah. And then finally, after a few minutes, at least five or six minutes, it might have been slightly longer, social worker, blessed whore, Mosey's outside like, hey, what's going on? Not in a hurry. Not running. And I noticed that both him and this other woman were both walking out and they both were wiping their nose at the same time. Hmm. So I don't know. I can only speculate. <laughs> but I get the feeling they were having some uh, fun in the background. And that's why they were a little delayed showing up, pulling up their pants. That's the impression I got. Really? Yeah. And for the record, the gentleman's name is actually Blessed Whore. Yep. We're not just calling him that. We've checked it. It's in the court records. Yep. The guy's name is Blessed Whore. Last name H-O-R-E, Blessed Whore. At that point, my son was already rushed inside the building, secured. And then he came out there for the tail end of it, just walking the mother back inside. And she has faced no charges for this attempted abduction of a minor. And assault. For the assault of two people. And then they took her to a mental hospital where she assaulted three more people. Oh. Including tossing hot coffee in a nurse's eyes who had to be hospitalized because she was blinded. Who the fuck gives hot coffee to a person who's doing this shit? I don't know. But they also let her have her cell phone and she was literally filming videos, like documenting her stay in the psych ward and posting it on TikTok. No shame. Yet how many of our brothers get their cell phones taken immediately over a false allegation and don't get it back for months? Yeah, confiscated. And certainly in the U.S., you can't have a cell phone. You're, you're never getting a cell phone if you're in a mental institution or a jail. Like, forget it. They're taking it away. Yeah. Uh, so this abduction attempt happened in September 2022. Okay. A year after you were legally received emergency custody of your child. I'm driving it home for the audience. Yes. I'm not trying to drive it home to yes. your brother. I know you know. Oh, yeah, I know. No, yeah. So August <laughs> August 2021, I had an emergency order, return the kit. UK blew it off. A year and a month later, abduction attempt, exactly as I predicted would happen. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't just me that Justice Levin ignored. The Coventry City Council, and I'm reading straight from their notes, on June 30th, 2022. Okay. This is a case management oversight document. And they wrote, Christine, the mother, continues to make false allegations to police, children's services, health, and other professionals that Keanu is being abused by the care and by the local authority. Christine is on medication. She states this is for anxiety, but her meds are for antipsychotic episodes. Christine is deemed a flight risk and may attempt to abduct Keanu. Christine requesting a welfare check of Keanu with no evidence base for this. So they knew she was going to try to abduct him. And it turned out that of the reason they knew that was that a few months prior to that, she had already tried. Really? She previously tried. She showed up when the grandmother had a visit. She was banned. Mother was not allowed to be there. Mm -hmm. And she let herself into the building. It was just like, where's my child? And it was going nuts. And they had to escort other children away. And this, it was a disaster. Huh. So she'd already had an attempt of sorts and documented. And yet, could you imagine if that happened here? You would you'd never see a kid again here if you pulled that stunt. No. If I did something like that, forget it. Let alone assaulting people. Oh, that's true. You know, yeah. he assaulted five people and tried to abduct a child for the second time in the UK. And they had it all documented. They knew all of this. This is not, it wasn't like I was trying to argue a point. I was just looking at their notes and going, you want to put her in the same room with this kid again? Are those notes dated? Yeah. June 30th, 2022. And it's in the case file. And then September 7th is when the abduction attempt and the violent assaults occurred. And it was August in between that time that there was a hearing to discuss whether or not it was a good idea. And I cited their, their case notes. I said, it says right here that there's a risk of abduction. I said, my son will be harmed by this, whether it's psychological, emotional, or physical. That's going to happen. 
And in the UK's official report of everything that happened with the abduction, the foster care specified that as she was bringing my son into the building for a visit, he said, I don't want to see mommy. Really? He knew. He knew. And none of the adults listened. And I'm 15,000 miles away in America trying to plead with them. Will you please read your own fucking notes? Yeah. Listen to the kid. Listen to him. He doesn't want to see this woman. She nearly killed him. In January of 2022, Okay. the Coventry City Council, the local authority over there, uncovered evidence that baby mama had hired someone to have me murdered. Really? Yeah. I believe that's against the law as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's illegal. Eh, some countries. Um, and yeah, but it was her own friend that turned her in because she'd started messaging her friends, bragging about how she hired someone to kill me. She specified how much she spent, why she was doing it. Why was she doing it? Uh, she thought it would be cheaper than hiring attorneys. She said, well, why spend a million in court? And which is basically hyperbolic. Why spend a million in court when I was able to find someone to kill him for 8,000? So that's the going rate. Or so I hear. That's pretty cheap. (laughs) Very cheap. And in fact, that was so extreme and severe and taken seriously by the Coventry City Council that when I flew to the UK, I was there for two weeks because they wanted to observe me interacting with him supervised. Okay. Um, Which I I didn't want to meet him for the first time in person under supervision. Yeah. I didn't like that. I felt that kind of tainted the whole experience, but I was like, well, I'm not going to turn this down. I'm going to see him. Absolutely. You got it. Yeah. And then, you know what, man? I'm proud that you did that. I'm fucking proud that you did that because guys would be like, no, no, no. Yeah. No, man. You got to do whatever you can to get in and stay in your kids' lives. I'm sorry, brother. Go ahead. I went to see them and they, at the end of every visit, would have me go out the back door because they told me they were concerned that his mother was in the front parking lot waiting to knife me. Uh, I believe they have a police force there. Yeah. They even have ones with guns. Yeah, you'd think they'd maybe hire security, but instead they're like, no, we'll just push you out the back in case she's there. I'm like, why isn't she arrested? Yeah. You all know this. It, everyone knows there's no debate over how dangerous this woman is. And that's what they did. Bias between the genders over there is ridiculous. And I'll look it up if anyone wants the question, but they just had a uh, teacher arrested for a statutory rape of a male student, a female teacher, and she got like three months probation and lost her job. But a guy did the same thing, got eight years in jail. Sounds about right. <laughs> and in those eight years in jail, you know he's not going to be treated well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he'll be lucky to get out of there alive. Nobody likes short eyes in prison. No, that's close to a, a death sentence right there. A male teacher screws around with a student faces potential death in a cage. But a woman, yeah, she might lose her job, but she'll just get another one. And I assume probably doesn't have anything major on the record either. That's great. And you'd think we're making this up, but we're not. Just Google it, folks. Google woman accused of, man accused of. Look at some of our earlier episodes. We had guys who uh, you know, were accused of taking and sending lewd pictures of their wives to people. They were looking at, I think it was eight years as well. Mm-hmm. The guy's wife was actually convicted of doing the same. She sent pictures to his mother. She got nothing. She, I think she got a $500 fine. Yeah, they're very clearly using two different sets of standards for each gender. It stems initially. You try to play devil's advocate. You look at, okay, why would they do that? Well, there is a difference between a woman hitting a man and a man hitting a woman because of the difference in physical strength. That's it. Yeah. And it doesn't make it right. But yeah, no, it doesn't make it right. But if you're trying to abduct a child, if you're assaulting someone, regardless of how much damage is done, you're a violent, unstable person. Yeah. So it doesn't even matter how much damage was done. That's a secondary fact. But they seem to just look at, well, how much harm can she really do? Like, that's how they kind of look at it. And it's sick because it doesn't take much to pull a trigger. No, or cut someone's face or any number of things that are life changing or burn a child's leg or set a fire. Yeah. Or cut brakes to a car. She do that? She did that. (laughs) Yeah, I can see by your eyes. Yep, she did do that. Can you get into that? 
had gone to Oklahoma City for one of the court hearings because they required um, that we show up in person. So I had to drive 1,500 miles for every court appearance. Okay. Not every, but just about 1,500 miles each way. Yeesh. So it added up to 40 hours worth of driving. And I showed up. She didn't. She didn't even show up. She lives uh, like 10 minutes from the courthouse. She didn't show up, which made sense later because it turned out she'd already fled the country at that point and we didn't know. Oh, okay. So that's why. So she knows where I'm going to be. I'm going to be at this hearing. I'm going to, my car is going to be in this parking lot. Right. So she has enough information and she knows the kind of car I drive. Like she'd be able to figure it out. Now, whether it was her or someone she hired, presumably someone she hired, because I believe she was out of the country at that point. Okay. I'm driving home, coming down the, uh, the highway. I'm in California. Brakes just go out. I'm going like 85 miles an hour and the brakes go out. That's scary. Very, because it was busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Very busy. So I slowly make my way to the right and I'm able to pull over and everything was, I was okay. Okay. But when I brought it to the garage, they looked at it and they said, it looks like this cable was cut. Did you file a police report? Tried. They said, well, how do we know who did it? I was like, well, you could maybe investigate. <laughs> yes, that would be your job to find that out. <laughs> You could maybe check for prints, maybe. I don't know. There's lots of things you could do. You're law enforcement. Do something. So I, I mean, they probably chalked it up to, they just went, well, speculation. It's like, well, if someone cut it, someone had to have motive. Right. I didn't have any other enemies that would do that. And nobody knew where I would be at that time. Or put it in the book so when they do it again, at least we now have a pattern. It's not a one-off next time, too. Something. But that's why literally when I went to the LAPD about her paying someone to have me killed, the LAPD said, well, we can't prosecute about a potential future crime. Right. And I said, so she has to show up at my door, like gun pointed at me, then I can call you guys and you'll do something. And they said, yeah, basically. Yeah. I was like, holy shit. Now, if a woman showed up to that police station and said, oh, this guy's trying to kill me. Here's why. And had evidence. They'd drag him out of the house. They'd throw me in a cage and there'd be no bail. Forget it. Now, have you been arrested at all in this? No. I was never arrested either. No. no, no. Yeah, same. Yeah. Despite all her, her accusations, cops were able to be like, eh, no. Yeah. Just shake their head like this This doesn't add up. doesn't make sense. We're too pretty for prison anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need that. We haven't even gotten to the court case yet. This should be a home run. Yet we already know Keanu's not home. Christmas is going by tomorrow. Keanu's not in David's arms. David, take a deep breath, brother. I know you're listening. We got you, bro. We got your back. Deep breaths. I'm going to need you all to tune in next week to hear the ridiculousness that went on in this court. Luckily, David was actually able to capture the hypocrisy of the UK court system on film. Nobody else has done this. One reason we're making this a two-part episode is because a bunch of us have reached out to different politicians, and we're waiting to see who's going to be the champion, who's going to step up and bring an American boy back home. We're also going to focus on who doesn't get back to us and who doesn't give a damn about bringing an American child back home. I want you all to have a happy holiday season. Make it to the new year. You've got this, daddy. All right. It's a tough time of year, but you've got this, daddy. You've got this not for me. You don't have this for you. You've got this for your little ones. All right. Bring us on home, Joe. We must get our voices out there. Send us your stories to Why Daddy Never Cries at Gmail or Why Daddy Never Cries on Facebook. Remember, this is a daily and sometimes hourly struggle. So follow us on Daddy Never Cries at Twitter and Why Daddy Never Cries on Instagram and let your voice be heard. Let's end the fatherless children's syndrome that's plaguing this world. The team of Why Daddy Never Cries consists of Joe, the voice of reason, Nicole Kelleher, and Scott Hall. Thanks, everybody. You can't change what happened to you, brothers. What you can control, however, is how you react to every situation. So you got to figure out how to make it work for you. And when life gave me lemons, I said the hell with the glass. I'm making an international lemonade franchise. So until next time, you've got this, daddy. Don't know me.